Hi there, welcome to the latest episode of Capital Yarns, the audio storybook podcast where you get to enjoy short stories written by me, Sean Costello, set in Canberra, the capital of Australia. But of course, those stories are inspired by you. The deal with Capital Yarns, if you're not familiar, is that users must pitch me, provide me, give me three items, any three items they like, simply name them, and in return, I will write a short story featuring all three set in Canberra. This episode is again read by my very dear friend, Peter Hewiston, who has the most fantastic voice for these stories. He brings them really to life, and he's back with a really uh, fitting story for this time of year in Canberra and in Australia and in New Zealand. It's Anzac Day long weekend. Monday, we uh, commemorate those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for us in war as part of the Anzac Day commemorations. And this story uh, was my attempt to try and explore some of those sites around Canberra as the nation's capital that seeks to make sense uh, of the horrors of war. It was inspired by um, at least two items that certainly uh, elicit that sort of response uh, by a friend of mine, Cam, on Facebook. And those three items were Men and Gate at Midnight, a wonderful piece of art uh, that I encourage you to see and is referred to uh, in some detail in this story, Alexander Bunyip. Uh, an old children's storybook favourite uh, here in Canberra, and a Trilby hat, um, which is explained more in the story as well. So without further ado, I'll hand over to Peter. Much more sombre tone this week, guys, but fitting, I think, uh, for this weekend when we all, I think, try to take that opportunity just to pause for a moment and consider those that went before us and the sacrifices they made. Here it is, Anzac Day. Brian stared down at his great-grandfather's trilby hat, running his fingers around the dark felt rim. It's okay if he takes it, he's a good boy, said his wife Judy. Brian sighed and nodded. Rowan was a good boy, but this hat meant so much to the Allen family. I know, it's just, if something was to happen to this hat, Brian drifted away, once again lost in his thoughts. Thoughts of loss and grief so many years ago. Judy walked over and sat next to him on the edge of the bed. It'll be okay. It means something to him too. At least it would if you told him why. This time Brian sighed without nodding. He wasn't sure if he agreed. He was so young. But before they could talk more, Rowan came bounding into the room. Can I, Grandad? Can I? Can I take the hat for show and tell? Brian glanced at Judy before looking back at Rowan. Maybe. Brian put his arm around the child and drew him closer. I was just chatting to Grandma about it. You're ten years old now, old enough to hear a story Grandad needs to tell. It's the story of our family, at least the males in it. It's the story of your great-great-grandfather Rowan. I'm named after him. Yes, you are except he was Irish and spelled his name with a W. Is this story like the bunyip who ate Canberra? No, Rowan, it's different to that. You don't like that story, do you, Grandad? Brian smiled. No, not really, but this is a different type of story. I think I have to take you out for this one. Let the story tell itself. I'll check with your mum and dad if we can go tomorrow. Rowan jumped with joy. Judy shot Brian a worried look. The next day, Brian arrived early to collect Rowan from his parents' house in Turner. 
Rowan's father, Robert, was waiting as Brian walked up the stairs towards their front door. What do you got in store for him, Dad? Same thing you did for me at his age? Rowan was not yet in sight. Yes, something similar. Maybe you'll get the answer right. Brian grinned, nudging his son in the ribs. Robert smiled briefly before growing seriously once more. He's only ten years old, Dad. Scaring the hell out of him is not going to teach him anything. Well, it taught you plenty. Brian met his son's eyes and serious look. Robert paused before responding. Maybe. He looked at his father for a moment longer before turning his head inside. Rowan, Grandad's here. A moment later, Rowan appeared, a big grin on his face. Story day! He grabbed Brian's hand. Take care of him, Dad. Robert watched as the two disappeared quickly down the stairs. Where are we going first on our story trip, Grandad? You'll find out soon enough. Brian smiled down at his grandson as they entered the car. At the end of this trip, I want you to tell me what today is about, and then we'll see about you taking that hat to school. Okay? Got it. Shortly afterwards, Brian stopped the car outside a small building. What's this place, Grandad? What does it look like? Grandad asked gently. They exited the car and Rowan stood quietly next to Brian, both of them looking at the structure before him. It looks like an outdoor church. Brian nodded. Very good, that's exactly what it is. This is the Changi Chapel. It was built by prisoners of war in Singapore in 1944. Do you know what a prisoner of war is, Rowan? Yes, said Rowan hesitantly. I know there were two big wars. He trailed off before stopping. Brian put his arm around him. There's no shame in telling someone you don't know something, Rowan. A prisoner of war is someone who has been captured by the enemy and held captive. Such prisoners are often treated quite badly, and some even die while held prisoner. Many Australians were held prisoner during the Second World War in Singapore, and some of them built this chapel. Rowan nodded. Can I look more closely? Yes, you can. Rowan walked underneath the wooden roof that provided some shelter to the otherwise open chapel. Brian had been here many times, but despite that, and the relative simple nature of the chapel, he found it a sombre place. Rowan stood leaning slightly on the green gate in front of the chapel before again turning to his granddad. OK, I'm ready for the next stop. His earlier enthusiasm already seemed to have drained out of him. You sure? Brian wasn't sure exactly what he would do if his grandson wanted to end things now. Yep, I'm sure. The two quietly made their way back to the car and Brian drove the short distance to the next stop. The second stop was a brief one and they didn't even get a chance to get out of the car. Brian pulled up in front of a tall metal fence behind which Rowan could barely make out some buildings. We can't stop here long. Someone will ask us to move on, probably. But this is the Embassy of the United States of America. Do you know what an embassy is? Rowan nodded. It's like a small part of a country inside another country. So people from that country have somewhere to go. Yes, the people and government of the United States have looked out for Australians for a long time, Rowan. This place may not look inviting, but they've been good to us. And they made the Simpsons. Yes, Brian sighed. That too. 
let's continue. As they drive, Brian continued his story. I took your father on this tour once when he was about your age, you know, Rowan? Rowan nodded. Yeah, he told me. But this next stop wasn't around when I did that tour. Brian brought the car to a stop and Rowan followed him out of the car. Brian paused on a grassy knoll between two structures. On our left, Rowan, is the National Police Memorial. Brian gestured towards a triangular-shaped structure to their left. It pays tribute to police officers who have been killed on duty or have died as a result of their duties. Brian turns to his right, watching Rowan's eyes. And this is the National Workers' Memorial. It honours those who have lost their lives at work. The eight stone columns are positioned to reflect the outline of Australia, and the ripples you can see coming out for them is to show the ongoing impact that work-related loss has. Again, after some minutes of reflection, the two were back in the car. Rowan hadn't wanted to look at the memorials up close, preferring to stare at them from a distance. Brian wondered if this was all too much for him. They seemed to be spending more time in the car than looking at the memorials. He parked the car further up Windory Drive and led Rowan up a flight of stairs. I know this place. Some of his earlier enthusiasm was returning. This is Anzac Parade. Mum and Dad have taken me here. Brian smiled. Okay, you tell me about this one. Rowan spoke confidently. This is a road to commemorate the wars fought by Australians and our special bond with New Zealand. Anzac stands for Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, which began with the war at Gallipoli. Brian nodded. Very good. Did you know the parade was completed in 1965, in time to coincide with the 50th anniversary of the Anzac landing at Gallipoli? Yep, and there are small memorials along either side. Up the top is the big war memorial. Brian nodded. Let's go and have a look, shall we? The two walked past a number of memorials on their way up to the war memorial, pausing briefly at several, including the Australian Army National Memorial, the Royal Australian Air Force Memorial, and the Australian Service Nurses National Memorial. Brian paused for some time in particular at the Australian Vietnam Forces National Memorial. As they entered the War Memorial building, Brian knelt down next to Rowan and looked at him in the eye. We could spend days, even weeks, exploring this place, Rowan, and I'd like to come back with you another time and do that. Perhaps we could come here for the dawn service on Anzac Day. That's when they play the trumpet. Yeah, well, sort of. It's a bugle, but yes, they play the last post, very early in the morning, before the sun has even risen. Wow! Rowan looked impressed. But you've seen a lot today, and there's something in particular I want to show you. Brian took his grandson's hand and led him into a darkened room. This building is the nation's memory of all Australians who've died or participated in the wars of the Commonwealth of Australia. In this room, there is a particular picture I want to show you that, for me, tells the story the best of all the memorials we've seen today. The room was very quiet, and Brian felt Rowan squeeze his hand a little tighter. This room reminds me of Changi Chapel, said Rowan. Brian considered for a moment. Yes, me too. With his free hand, Brian gestured to a large painting on the wall, lit by spotlights in the otherwise almost completely dark room. The painting depicted a large white gate in the background, 
with a large field of poppies in the foreground. A dark and foreboding sky completed the deeply sombre nature of the painting. Those flowers look like ghosts, Grandad. Brian nodded. Rowan, in many ways, this painting tells the story of our family. Your great-great-great-grandfather, also called Rowan but with a W, fought and died near this place. This is the Menin Gate in Belgium, where many battles were fought during the First World War. Many Australians, like your grandfather, were killed here. This painting and the memorial it shows were created to ensure we never forget it. But we didn't remember Rowan well enough. And 20 years later, the world was at war again. And Rowan's son Patrick was killed in Africa. But he too had a son before he died. And his name was Jack. Jack was my father. Jack fought in a war too. But he survived and he died just before you were born. Your father and I have been lucky enough not to fight in wars. But that doesn't mean we should forget the sacrifices these men and women made. The choices they made to fight for what we believe in meant that they didn't get to see their children grow up, to see their wedding days or meet their grandchildren. Experiences my children and I have had, perhaps because of the gifts they gave us. Experiences I hope you too have without the awfulness of war. Rowan stared up at the painting for many minutes, still holding Brian's hand. he spoke. I know what today's about, Grandad. What's that, Rowan? Brian knelt down to hear the words. The boy paused before answering, looking up into his grandfather's weathered face. Sacrifice. Brian tried to smile, but he was also aware of the small tear slowing down his cheek. He brushed it away. Yes, Rowan. His voice was choked with emotion. That's just what today was about. He took a deep breath before hugging his grandson. You can take the hat to school. Rowan smiled up at Brian. Thanks, but I don't think I will. I want you to keep it safe, and when I'm old enough, I'll take good care of it too. The two travelled silently back to Rowan's house. As they began to walk up the stairs towards Rowan's front door, Brian put his arm around Rowan. You did well today, son. Shall I read you that Alexander Bunyip book? Rowan looked up at him. Why don't you like that book, Grandad? Because I don't think it should be a story about Canberra. It's a story about someone coming from outside, not liking this place, and destroying it. Canberra is a wonderful place, and a place where such important buildings have been constructed. I don't want to read about someone coming in and destroying them for no reason. I want to read about them for being celebrated and cherished and loved. Rowan smiled. You're right, Grandad. Tell me that story instead. Well, Peter, thank you so much for that uh, 
beautifully read uh, and hitting absolutely the right tone. Uh, and hopefully you found that uh, a suitable and, and fitting story to hear this Anzac Day weekend in Canberra. That yarn is available in the book Capital Yarns, which you can grab at a range of retailers around Canberra. Check out the website www.capitalyarns or one word .com.au, um, and you'll see this um, old podcasts there. Uh, many of the yarns still available online. Uh, and details of where you can buy the book, which has some fantastic photographs, including the one that goes with that story. Just an amazingly evocative image of the War Memorial here in Canberra done by Reese Barnes, and I'm very grateful to Reese for letting me use that photo in the book. Look, I, I want to give a particular shout-out to three retailers this week, National Library Bookstore, Handmade Markets uh, Store in the City, and Harry Hartog Woden, who stock uh, my stories also in, in a single zine format. Each story comes just in a small pocket edition. All uh, funds raised for the sale of those zines go to charity. And I announced just this week that uh, the first charity, Northside Community Services, and their PAUSE program, which aids older people care for their pets, uh, received $200 um, in proceeds thanks to those retailers and people who bought them uh, from me in a range of places, including the Noted Festival. So thank you to everyone who grabbed the zines. Thank you to those retailers for stocking them. Uh, and it's going to a really worthy cause, the Northside Community Services PAUSE program. Those guys do some great work for older people and their pets. I'll be making a announcement shortly about a new charity. Um, all proceeds from those zine sales will continue to go to a local Canberra charity. If you want to um, have a chat to me face-to-face and maybe grab a zine as well, I will be at Suitcase Rummage at New Acton in the city centre on the 29th of May. That's a Sunday from 11 till 3. Suitcase Rummage is a really cool event. Um, basically, people can... Um, Hock their wares, uh, whatever wares they may be, as long as they can fit in three suitcases. So you'll see a whole range of people sitting out on the lawns and, and tables set up uh, with all the wares on display in their suitcases. Uh, I'll have zines and books for sale, so some, come say hello. Big thank you to Hashimoto, as always, for supplying the theme for Capital Yarns. Big thank you to you for not only listening to the podcast, but also supplying the items. Uh, last time I did the podcast, I mentioned that we're running a little low. Well, um, noted festival uh, excitement certainly resolved many of that. Lots of people came and saw me and, and requested yarns, so thank you th- so much for that. You'll see on the website that I've got lots of material to work on, so I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that. But until next time, hopefully in about a month's time, we'll have another yarn for you. Thank you for listening. Uh, In the meantime, drop me a line on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm Capital Yarns on both or info at capitalyarns.com.au is my email address. Thanks. If you like the podcast, um, let me know. If you don't like it, hell, let me know as well. Uh, If there's improvements I can make, uh, maybe give it a rating on iTunes or or Stitch or however you listen to the podcast so I, I know what you think. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Bye for now.